0: Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. John chapter 14, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father... And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, I wanna come back to this text and show you a couple of things in it that are very important for the study that we're doing. Uh, First of all, it says, the works. That word in the Greek, the works, is the word ergon, and it means both the deeds, the deeds, the things I do, and the produce, the results I produce. It means the deeds I do and the production I have, those who follow me, those who believe in me, those who are committed to me will do likewise. They will do the deeds I do and they will produce the production that I produce. You all see what I'm saying? And so in other words, Jesus is saying, not only will they do what I do, they will pray for people, but they will also do what I do in terms of the production, the the, the produce, they will get people healed. So they will see results in what they do. And and, and I want to show you something. This is really revelation. The Lord showed me this as week as I was studying and meditating on this because we always read this. It says in greater works than these he will do. In other words, he'll do even greater the word works is not repeated there, but what the text actually says is, and greater than this, and greater than this he will do, because I go to my father. And you know, we tend to read that as, because I go to my father and I will be there to intercede for you, which is a perfectly appropriate interpretation, um, a good interpretation, but it doesn't stop there. Here's what the Lord showed me. Because part of what Jesus is saying here is, Because I go to my Father and I will not be here to do the works I do and produce the production I produce, so because I'm gone, it will be up to my followers to do what I've done and produce what i produced. They will now be my representation. I will be with my Father in heaven, they will be here doing the deeds that I've done, greater deeds than what I've done, and producing what i produced. Wow, that really, that puts it in a whole different light. Jesus is saying, this is going to happen because I'm not going to be here to do it. You have to do it. He says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. In other words, now you're here in my behalf. So what you ask, I'm going to do for you. Says that the Father may be glorified in the Son. In other words, people will not be able to see me anymore, touch me anymore, personally be with me anymore. But the Father is going to glorify himself through the Son, through you. Through you. You're going to show them that the Son of God is real. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, uh, as we're studying right now on on healing, of course, this is walking in power, part eight. But as we're studying on healing, um, one of the the questions that comes up a lot is, is healing part of the covenant? Is is it part of our covenant with God? Or is it just something that happens for some people, doesn't happen for other people? And, you know, almost kind of a, did you get the lucky ticket? or is it really part of God's promise to us as his covenant people? So I wanna deal with that for a few moments here because there are some people who say, well, you know, God hasn't promised healing to everybody. He hasn't promised healing to all Christians. Some get it for whatever reason, but not everybody does. And we've talked about this at some length, but let's deal with the issue of covenant. Go to Matthew chapter 15. Go to Matthew chapter 15. And we're going to read together uh, verses 21 through 28, a familiar story, but let's take a fresh look at this story. Matthew chapter 28, beginning at uh, Matthew chapter 15, beginning at verse 21. Are you there? Reading together. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now stop right there. This one text, that one verse, verse 26, forever answers the question, is healing promised to all God's people? Because I want you to notice what he says here. He says, it is not good to take what? No, no, not just the bread, the what? the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs now we will come back to the little dogs part but the children's bread would indicate something that is a necessary obligation of a parent to provide doesn't it if your child asks you you know can i have that toy right there you might say uh, let me think about that. Let me, let me, let me think and pray about that. I, I don't know whether you need that right now. But if your child wakes up and says, I'm hungry, can I eat today? You're not going to say, well, let me think about that. I don't know. Let me, let, me, let me see how I'm feeling about that today. No, no, you know that that is your obligation as a parent to provide food for your child. So Jesus said, this is healing is the children's bread." It is a necessary part of the provision that God has for, it, for them. And it, look, and what does it imply? It implies obligation. Obli- are we, our parents, obligated to feed their children? Yeah. You better believe we are. We're obligated to do it. It's not an option. You don't do that, they lock you up. Right. <laughs> you know, or take the children from you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, so it is the children's bread. It's part of what we are entitled to by our Heavenly Father and part of his obligation to us, part of his promise to us. So you don't never have to wonder, well, does God want to give me my daily bread? Because Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, Father, feed us what we need today. And if, if, if sickness has come on your body, you never have to wonder, well, does God, does God want to give me that bread? Because he said healing is the children's bread. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, go to verse 27 now. Read it with me. It says, and she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Now, we have a very limited reading of this, but I want to sort of open you up with this. Because what it sounds like she's saying is simply, Lord, give me the healing the, 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 the deliverance for my daughter that I want. And, and certainly she wants that. But this is something broader. Because she says, I want to be able to eat some of that bread too. Even if it's just the crumbs, I want to be able to eat some of it too. She's saying, Lord, I want to be part of that bread you've given out. <laughs> I want to be part of that family that you have, that, that you, you, the children that you have, that you give bread to. Even if it's nothing but crumbs that fall, I want, I want some too. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, re, you, you all probably know this already, but you know, Gentiles, people were not in covenant with God, were, were referred to by ancient Jews as dogs. So when Jesus said, we don't give it to the little dogs, he was saying, I don't take what belongs to my covenant people and give it to those who are not in covenant with me. But she says, well, Lord, in effect, what she's saying is, adopt me then. Bring me in. Let me have some of that bread, too. And I'm going to prove this to you, that she's asking for something more than just the healing of her daughter. Amen? Amen. Read the 28th verse. It says, then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith let it be to you as you desire. Now stop right there. Notice that Jesus, well, he was always very precise with his language. Jesus didn't say, woman, let your daughter be healed. He said, let it be as you desire because Jesus realized she desired more than just her daughter's healing. Because look, if her daughter gets healed today, what about what sometimes happens a month from now? She's saying, you know, let me in on this thing. He says, woman, let it be as you desire. Great is your faith. Because she transcended all of the stuff that could have held her back because said, well, you know, how you going to talk to me like that just because you're a Jew and I'm a Gentile just because you're a Jew and I'm not and you insulted me. She could all of that. She overcame all of that and said, no, look, <laughs> I want that bread too. If, it, if it's nothing but crumbs falling from the table, I want in on it. Amen? Because look, if it's a dog eating crumbs from a child, from, from the table where the children are being fed, the dog is in the house. She's saying, I want to be in the house too. <laughs> if I have to just be there, you know, getting what nibbles are left over, let me be in too. Amen? Amen. 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 So, so Jesus said, let it be as you desire because she was asking to be brought in. Make me part of what you're doing in the lives of your people. Amen. Amen. Now, I have no doubt whatsoever. This woman became a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to show you something. In fact, I just read a commentary not too long ago on this passage. And it says something that's completely wrong. It said it it told you something that the text never, ever says. I'm going to show you this in a second. Because this is the way most people have interpreted this. Go to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter seven, it's the same story, so we won't read the whole thing. This is gonna look at verse 29. Verse 29. Mark chapter seven, verse 29. So healing is part of the children's bread. Now read that with me. It says, then he said to her, for this saying, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. Now, that word way, there's another word for way which is used most often, it's called hodos, and it means road or path. This is the word, it's, it's, it's just a very, very different word. It's the word hupago or hypago, and the word hupo is always a word that means under. And this is a word that means literally be led under or to be brought under. So what Jesus says to her in effect is, you're now under. You're now, I'm I'm leading you under, under this covenant. By the way, the word go, it's not in the text. It was added at the privilege of the translators because they interpreted it the way most people interpret it, that Jesus was saying, Go your go 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 away and the commentary says, see Jesus sent her home Jesus never did he never did here's what he said for this you are now under my leadership for this I'm now bringing you under me in fact in fact the word saying you know what the word saying is in the Greek the word logos in the beginning was the logos and the Logos was with God and the Logos was God. Jesus said for this word. And, and here's what I really believe Jesus was saying. Daughter, the Holy Ghost just spoke through you. That was the word of the Lord you just spoke. And, and, for, and for allowing the Father to use you that way, I'm, you, you're under me now. He never sends her away. He says, the demon has gone out of your daughter. That's all he says to her. The demon has gone out of your daughter. Now then she leaves, of course, and goes back to her daughter. But I believe this woman became a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ because he, that's what she really wanted. I mean, but think about this. If you go to somebody who you know can help you not only now, but help you for all future times, Are you just wanna go and say, well just help me now, that's all I want, and I'll see you later, thanks. (laughs) Not if you got any brains. And obviously this woman had some wisdom, she wanted more than that, She, she knew, she wanted to be a part of what Jesus was doing, and he understood that. He said, woman, your desire is granted. Your desire is granted. Now your daughter's healed. Amen? Amen, amen. So look, she understood if I come under Jesus, I got healing as part of that. Now here's a woman who wasn't even a Jew, who probably knew that not that much about the word of God. Maybe she knew more um, than, than the average Gentile knew, but she certainly undoubtedly wasn't any kind of expert. She wouldn't have had any way of becoming that. How is it that she understood that healing was part of what you were entitled to as a child of God and Christians today they don't and think about that and we got everything from Matthew to Revelation <laughs> and you got Christians running around telling people literally telling people well, you know, God doesn't want to heal everybody. Well, if you don't want to heal everybody, what's the kingdom of God all about? If he didn't want to heal everybody, he would set up the kingdom so there'd be some more sickness and disease. Because he said, you know, that's a real good teaching tool. So we're going to use that for all of eternity. Yeah, you go, you are, listen, after you get to heaven, you can still get sick if you want to. Now, what kind of sense does that make? And when Jesus said, thy kingdom come, your, will, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, there's no sickness or disease in heaven. Amen. And the covenant that we represent represents the, the fulfillment of the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. 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 All right. Stay in the book of Mark. Go back to Mark chapter 2 now. Mark chapter 2. And let, let's talk about what the, and, and look, that gets to what the real issue is in the body of Christ about healing. It gets to what the real issue is. And you all know, but let's let the text speak for itself. Mark chapter 2. Uh, let's first of all, just read verses one and two. It says, and again, he entered Capernaum after some days. and It was heard that he was in the house. By the way, he was in his own house. Jesus had a house in Capernaum. He wasn't in Peter's house like the movies try to depict it. And then so, Peter runs out, you all tearing up my roof. Nobody was there to complain because it was Jesus' roof. It was Jesus' house and he was, people were coming in. They were hearing, hearing the word of God. He wasn't complaining about it, Amen. Amen amen read on it says Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them not even near the door And he preached the word to them. That's the problem. The problem is people don't know the word of God You can't believe for something that you don't understand is there It's like I've used the example many times. You can't go to somebody and say, Bishop said he was going to write me a check for $10,000 when I've never said I'd do that. And I've never said I'd do that. (laughs) But if I told you, hey, come see me. I'm going to write you a check for $10,000. And then you said to somebody, Bishop's going to give me $10,000. dollars you got a right to say that. Amen? Now, if the Bible doesn't teach that God heals, okay, you don't have a right to expect it. But one of his names in the Old Covenant is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. He told the, he told the, the children of Israel, he said, I will put none of the, 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 the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. He said he brought them out without, with, with silver and gold and there was none even feeble among them. That's the nature of a relationship with him, Amen. 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 Now, he preached the word to them because faith comes by what? Hearing what? The word of God. Without the word, they didn't know to be able to get healed. They didn't know to believe to get healed. He preached the word to them to put them in a position where they could receive healing. Amen. 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 And that's what this is supposed to be doing for you. It ought to be building you up not only so that you can receive your healing, but so that you can impart that healing to someone else because you know it's a promise of God. Amen 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 now remember and people say yeah well i prayed for somebody and somebody prayed for this one and they didn't get healed look jesus prayed for people who didn't get healed he went to nazareth and the bible says he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief said their unbelief was so strong he marveled at i mean in other words he amazed him that, that they just, no matter what he said, and this is the son of the living God, this is the anointed one, this is the Messiah, and, they, and he's preaching, like, look, 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 ain't nobody ever preached like he preached. And people would hear him go, oh, I ain't hearing that, I, I ain't hearing that, who's he think he is? I know Joseph, I know Mary, I know his brothers and sisters, he ain't got nothing no more than, I, I, he ain't no better than I am. And that was the way they acted. Go to, uh, now keep your place in Mark chapter 2, we're coming back to it. But just go to Luke chapter 4, verse 28. Luke chapter 4, verse 28. Just remind ourselves of, of it's not God's fault. And I'm not saying you can point the finger at a particular thing for a particular person, because we just don't know. But it's not God's fault. God wants to heal people. He wants to help people, Amen. 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 Luke chapter 4. Read with me verses 28 and 29. Are you there? It says, this is when he goes to Nazareth and speaks now. This is his first sermon. It says, so all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city. And they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him down the cliff. Throw him down over the cliff. And look at that. That was their reaction to the word of God. Because they, in their mind, he was trying to prop himself up as being over them, and he wasn't no better than they were, and they knew just as much as he did, and why should they listen to him? So they wouldn't listen to it. they tried to kill him. Now, look, I know I'm not Jesus or anything close to it, but I've had people, in fact, somebody was just telling me this, this last week, man, I heard Bishop Jackson preach. And said, man, he can, preach the, he can preach the paint off the ceiling, but I ain't listening to none of that other stuff he says. In other words, not, not connecting the anointing of God that is on me to preach and teach to the things that I'm saying in the application of that preaching and teaching to the circumstances of our times. They don't want to hear it. I mean, some of them, the truth be told, if not figuratively, If not literally that is figuratively would like to kill me this is shut me up so so what are they gonna receive nothing nothing not gonna get their breakthrough gonna stay right in the same condition they're in Amen? amen 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 look look saints no word no power no word no power and when you go to a church where somebody reads one little snatch of scripture and then they go all off and, and talk about everything, what they read in the New York Times and what they read in Time Magazine and, and some little story they told. I, I think I was telling Karina this not too long ago. I went to a church, or maybe I, I tell somebody, I went to a church one time, the preacher got up, and you know, he was a seminary professor. And I heard all these preachers, oh man, he can go. Yes, he can go. And he got up. And the first thing he did was sang some old secular song. And I'm sitting there looking at him. And then when he got done, he says, and I know for some of you are kind of dogmatic. Let me try to find something a little closer to the Bible. And that's who's teaching people. Well, if that's what you're teaching people, if that's all you got to bring, no wonder people are so messed up. Jesus said they're scattered like sheep without a shepherd. It's the word of God that produces the power to get the breakthroughs that we need, amen? Amen. And without the word, there is not gonna be any power, amen? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. We wanna be walking in power, we gotta walk in the word. That's the key. Wanna walk in power, walk in the word, amen? Amen, amen. All right, go back to Mark. Go back to Mark. And saints, let me tell you something. Nothing is going to change the arc of history Mankind will continue its rebellion against Almighty God until an ultimate clash with Him in which God shows how puny man is to dare to stand up and shake our fist at God and think that we're going, we're going, we're going do our own thing, we're going to do our own way. But all these little dictatorial, Islamic, communist, socialist, fascist regimes that think they got something going—they're going to find out. The Bible says the nations of God are uh, the, to, to God the nations are as a drop in the bucket. I mean, they're nothing to Him. He loves the people, but their little power they got and all these little nuclear weapons and, and they got armies. God ain't thinking about that. He's not the least bit moved. He's not the least bit intimidated the Antichrist will assemble them all for the for the 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 ultimate battle the battle of Armageddon will assemble them all and and, and they'll have all their nuclear weapons. They'll have all their weapons of mass destruction and they're just going to think oh yeah now we're going to show we're going to show everybody who's boss and we're going to show this God all these people are worshiping we're going to show him too that we're in charge. And the Bible says Jesus' foot is going to touch down on the Mount of Olives and rent the mountain too, and there's going to be an earthquake like the world has never seen before. So, and Jesus single-handedly will cause blood to, be, to, be, to run up to the bridles of horses with the dead bodies of those who have dared rebel against him. The Bible says the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. See, they don't understand Jesus loves us all. But he made this world, he has a plan for it, he has a purpose for it, he has an outcome for it, and nobody's gonna stand in his way. Anybody who rebels and says, I'm not gonna have that, I'm gonna do my thing, they're gonna be destroyed. Amen. Amen? Destroyed on this earth, and then they're gonna get to spend eternity in the worst maximum security prison ever known. That is hell. And hell is gonna be placed in a lake of fire. In other words, he's going to put them in hell, which is a prison, and then put the prison in another prison. And that's where they're going to be for all of eternity. No, 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 Saints, the only thing that will save nations, families, communities, you name it. The only thing that will save black people, white people, Asian people, Indian people is the word of God. That's the only thing that's going to do it. Amen. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. He said, whoever falls on the word will be broken by it. In other words, you try to crush the word, no, I'm gonna come against that, it's gonna break you. Mm-hmm. He said, whoever the word falls on it will grind them the powder. Mm-hmm. You can't do, you, you can't overpower it, amen? Yes. Amen, glory to God. All right, back to Mark chapter two, let's go to verse three. Verse three, Mark chapter two, you back there? Amen, amen. amen. read with me, it says, Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Now stop there. Remember now, he's preached the word to him now. And he's still preaching the word to him. Now this paralytic man comes in. Continue. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was so that they had broken through. They let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their face, he said to the paralytic, saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. Praise the name of the Lord. Now saints, the first point you need to understand is healing and forgiveness are intimately tied together. Look, a lot of times people don't get their healing because their lives are all bound up in sin that's not forgiven that's not they, that they haven't been able to reconcile themselves to God and they're plagued because they're open vessels for everything Satan wants to dump on them because they've got all this bitterness this anger this unforgiveness the sin that's unresolved in their lives and it, it, it clogs up the pipe through which the blessings flow see you know you you can't listen if you're blocking forgiveness from coming into your heart you're blocking God